empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. This is Jen Trengale. My guest on the podcast this month is someone who is a friend. She is worship recording artist, Nicole Binion. Nicole is known for her powerhouse vocals that also have this incredible anointing to grab up the size of any auditorium and usher you right into the intimate love of the Father. She has been featured on television shows like Good Morning America and seen recently on Better Together on TBN. She and her husband, David, are known as prolific songwriters. They have written some of the songs that have been heralded across the body of Christ over the last decade. Recently, they pioneered a church in the Dallas, Texas area called Dwell, where their heart and vision is to create a place for the presence of of God. This conversation that she and I had was so sweet, and she shared what that journey has been like for them and stepping into something brand new, but also the principles that they have learned to walk in in living in the presence of God no matter what is going on around you. I know you're going to love this conversation. Nicole just has this ability to make you feel like you've always been friends. Sit back and enjoy my conversation with worship recording artist and pastor, Nicole Binion. Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Jen Tringale, and I am so glad that you are here to be a part of another podcast episode today. This podcast conversation is going to be fabulous because our special guest is someone who is such a special person to me. We don't get to see each other a lot, but when we do, I don't know, somehow they're memorable, memorable times. I want to welcome to the podcast my friend, our special guest, Nicole Binion. Nicole, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, I am excited. It's been really cool to see how God is using you, what he's doing with your ministry, with your books, with this podcast. I'm excited Mm. to be here. Well, we kind of tried to work this in a few times with your schedule and everything going on. And then a snowmageddon literally hit from Dallas to Nashville, Nicole. So crazy. Tried to shut us down. We made it alive and well. (laughs) And what's, you know, so wild is like, you know, last Last week it was you know, five degrees, 10 degrees here in Texas. And then this week it's like spring. I know, only in the South. Same thing here too. So I just want to say like Snowmageddon zero, Jen and Nicole one. Absolutely, absolutely. I love it. Well, I have had just the joy through mutual friends of ours, which we should say, Pastor Chad and Marla Rowe. Yes. How we love them so. And I know that you and Marla have been like tight BFFs for a long time. Time, and I've loved watching your friendship. I love how you are two of the busiest people I know and just 
cheer each other on. I mean, what a sweet thing to get to watch. I know that's been special in your life. Oh, so special. And you know, it, it seems like we are both so busy and I'm like, man, we're not getting as much time together, me and Marla, as as I'd like. But Marla Rowe is such a dear friend and really brought us together, Jen. She totally did. She's such a connector. And it was just so, so fun and so easy. And I, of course, knew of you and David and loved your worship, had your, you know, CDs back in the day when CDs were a thing. But just getting to know you and just have hang time was just like so, always so refreshing. And then like, there was just always that easy sort of like, we all just seemed to know what was funny in the room without really saying it, you know, and just laugh. And you got to be able to laugh. My dearest and best are the ones that we always get a lot of laughs in. So very important. Laughter. Laughter. At whoever's expense. No, I'm just kidding. But it's still, it's so, so fun. So one of the first times I met you, and I want to say this, and then we're going to have some fun, just get to know you questions. But I was just thinking this morning, one of the first times I met you, Nicole, you had just done this really cool thing where you sang on, wasn't it Good Morning America that you did the live Yes. Right? With the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? Yeah. That was amazing. So that was like 2010. So, I mean, 11 years ago now. What an experience. It was pretty amazing. Totally. And that's what I remembered because we were at the same conference and you shared, you talked about it and about how you, you know, just sort of had this dream that you just thought, well, I just didn't kind of go that route. And so that's never going to be... And then all these doors just open. And then there's Nicole's beautiful face on Good Morning America. (laughs) It was all coming true. Yeah, I definitely believe, you know, we submit our lives to the Lord, right? We lay down some of our, our, you know, definitely we lay down our selfish ambition, our, a lot of our dreams mm-hmm. and the Lord yeah. just has this way, this beautiful way of bringing things, you know, to us that were like, man, that was a dream of mine, but I've laid it down so many years ago. I actually even kind of forgot that that was even in my heart. And then the Lord just surprises us, you know, with a gift like that of, man, I dreamt of this as a little girl. And I definitely feel like it's happened many times in my life. There's nothing like the joy of surrendering everything to him. I think a lot of times we feel as Christians, like if I, if I surrender everything, if I really follow the will of God, my life is going to stink, you know? <laughs> and it's like, that, that couldn't be farther from the truth. There's no yeah. joy and fulfillment, like being in the will of God. And then he has this way of just bringing those little things to us that were dreams in our heart, you know, he's good like that. He's so good like that. Well, I loved sort of meeting you in that space and season when another one of those in a huge deal, it's such a big deal and watching that play out, really looking forward to getting in to so many things with you. But I want to just do some get to know you questions, Nicole, because it's just fun. Okay, so First, so shallow, so shallow, get to know you question. What is your right now, like go-to Starbucks order? What do you do? Okay, so I am a very boring Starbucks person. I'm like an espresso coffee girl. And I've recently kind of, last year, kind of made the transition to almond milk. So my go-to Starbucks order is very boring. It is a tall almond milk latte with one Splenda. Oh, I 
don't think I've done an almond milk latte. I like it. That sounds super good. My go-to. That's your go-to. Okay, good one. I'm, I'm totally going to have to try that. And I love almond milk too. I made that switch. Still creamy and better for you, whatever. Yes. Okay, what is, Nicole, like a book that either you're reading right now or you have read that was just like a oh my gosh, lights came on, did something, what comes to mind? I feel like in this season, you know, Dave and I started pastoring a couple years ago. So I feel like I'm always reading to just to learn and glean things on leadership. But right now, so I'm going to share the two books that I'm currently reading. Oh, good. One is called The Reset by Jeremy Riddle, The Reset. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all on worship, protecting the purity of worship. And then the other book that I'm reading right now is by Dr. David Campbell, and it's called Mystery Explained. Okay. And it's on the book of Revelation. We are writing, my husband, David, is currently writing our new album, and it's all soft taken from the book of Revelation. Wow. Yeah. So we're also in this sermon series at the church for a few months, really on the book of Revelation and it's called Famous Last Words. So we're just gleaning all that we can right now, all on the book of Revelation. So Mystery Explained by Dr. David Campbell. Highly recommend. Love those. Okay. You just threw out a lot there. Exciting stuff going on, but those are two really, really good ones. Last get to know you question. And it's kind of like a A part, B part. Okay. So what we want to know is what is a not the because I know it changes but what is a favorite song of Nicole Binion's and what I want to know is a what is like one of your like car jam rock it out songs and then b what is like one of your take me straight to the glory you know this is what comes out of me when I need to hear from heaven yeah okay so my go-to like crank it up in the car and also just dance it out. Yes. And so the song called I Thank God by Maverick City and Upper Room. Oh, yeah. That song is so, so good. I love it. Yeah. And so such a good song. And I really recommend watching the YouTube video as well because David and I were actually in the room for that recording and there when they recorded it. Oh. It was incredible. So I thank God, like my crank it up. Love it. Okay, so I'm going to give two worship songs right now that are just like, take me there. First is, and I'm sure all of your listeners know this song by now, the new Carrie Job, First Love. I love the new Brandon Lake live album. And so Show Me Your Glory on the Brandon Lake album with Leland. And then they go into this, another whole spontaneous flow that is like so powerful. So those are two right now that just are wrecking me. Wrecking in the good. Wrecking me in the good way. Taking me right to Jesus. I love that. Okay, those are such great go-tos for everybody. So thanks for sharing those. I love, Nicole, having known you and David in your family, watching you over these last few years make a transition into stepping into something brand new which is and you alluded to it and we mentioned this in introducing you that you all are pastoring there in the Dallas area dwell church started as like worship movement nights but knowing that God was you know had placed this in your hearts I find it so interesting that here you guys are so solidly doing what you're doing for so many years I mean everybody knows David and Nicole Binion worship you know like it's the go-to and watching you not depart from that but open a capacity to go God is stirring something new 
And I wanted to ask you to kind of speak to how that started in your hearts, because I feel like it's such a moment that so many of us are in where God is asking us to be willing to dream new dreams. Yes. That sounds great to say, but it can be a really chaotic, volatile. So would you take us back? to when that started and just speak to a little of what that was like for you. Yeah. Well, the end of 2016, David and I really felt a stirring of of a a season change for us, just an assignment, a new assignment coming to us. And so we were on staff at a great church in the Dallas area, loved our life. I mean, we loved what we were doing. So May 2017, we resigned from that position and we just began traveling full-time. We felt that a worship school, we knew we wanted to launch a school of worship. Huge part of our assignment is pouring into, raising up creatives, worship leaders, musicians. And so we felt like that's what we were going to launch into aside from just traveling full-time. So the Lord really began to refine in our hearts and even just through prophetic confirmation that came to us, the Lord began to open our heart to the idea of this isn't just a school you know, but this is going to be a church. Wow. That was never on our like five-year plan or like vision board. You know, one day we're going to plant a church that wasn't really on our radar. So this was a whole new thought when this started coming. Yes. Okay. Okay. In 2017, as the Lord just began to open our heart to that idea. And I will say, you know, I, I think we never considered it because we really didn't feel qualified. Mm. There are a lot of people out there that, you know, the Lord is like calling you to do something that you don't feel like you're qualified for. I mean, he qualifies the called, right? So it's like the very fact that he is calling you to do something. He doesn't make mistakes, right? And so it's all yeah. this walk of faith. That's the adventure. That's the journey. And so the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, we began doing these nights of worship, monthly nights of worship in the Dallas area called Dwell. And then the summer of 2018, you know, our dear friends, John and Jocelyn Brockman ended up moving to Texas. They were in a season of transition as well. We knew that we needed a team. We really believe, David and I are big believers in team. When the Lord calls you to something. Thing, you know, he begins to put all the pieces in place. That's so good. And so that's what he did. So they, they moved to Texas and they helped us launch Dwell Church in September, 2018. And, you know, it's the wildest thing we've ever done. It's the scariest and most exciting thing we have ever done. And it's the most fulfilling thing. I mean, it's such a journey and walk of faith and the Lord has been so faithful. And even through a crazy year of 2020, (laughs) you know, for all of us, I mean, just such an unprecedented time. And the Lord has been so faithful. We've been in a, in a learning curve for two years, just I feel like in every area, you know, but it's, it, it's been so good. And Dwell Church is really, it's a place, we call it a presence center, really. It is a church by function. And our passion is the presence of God, because I've heard someone say, the way you respond to the presence of Jesus is how you respond to Jesus. I love Will you say that again? That's so good. Yeah. The way you respond to the presence of Jesus is the way you respond to Jesus because his presence is him. That That is who he is. That is what you know, we're most passionate about a dwell church. And so there are just hungry people for the presence of God. And it's a beautiful thing. Every race, every age, you know, it looks like the kingdom. I love it. 
There's two things you just said there that I want to just ask you to go back to. First of all, thank you for saying it's been the most exciting and the scariest thing we've ever done because I think it helps all of us so much when we are looking at somebody else's life from the outside looking in and to us it just looks like everything is happening and we just assume these panic moments that I'm having to work through over what maybe I'm transitioning into nobody else is experiencing and oh my gosh so I love and thank you for just going scary yeah and I think that's like a tactic of the enemy right to make us feel isolated like we're the only ones that are experiencing what we're experiencing and so that's why community and connection is so important and listening to a podcast like this or you know learning and gleaning and going okay I'm not the only one yeah. you're not alone it's a new adventure it's a new journey yeah I love that I was reading this morning there was a verse in I think it's Psalms 48 3 and it says that God is a refuge in her palaces and when you looked at the study note it was drawing a dichotomy between running to God as a refuge versus running into hiding because you're panicked. Wow. Right? That's what I love about what you said. Like there were scary moments, but rather than freak out and run into hiding, you guys ran into him and it's incredible what God's doing through it. Yes. I love that so much. It's like, you know, of course it makes me think of the scripture. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous can run in and they are safe. I think in our flesh or in our own emotions or psyche, it is that, that tendency to like to hibernate, to isolate, to run into hiding. That's never the answer. And in our darkest moments, whether we're just in this new journey of a scary walk of faith, or we've just experienced, you know, a devastating loss or whatever, the presence of God, that's where our hope is found, our joy is found, our peace, our strength, our answers. And running to Jesus is always the answer. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, the second thing is that you all and walking out planning dwell have come to the understanding that we can't just do this like oh you pastor a church well here's how you pastor a church and here's the box but that you contended enough to stand back and go the purpose of this one is it's a presence center so we have to incorporate what works for that and not just go oh you had success with that you know I'm gonna do this I mean that's everything a hundred percent and I would say you know through our journey of pastoring the church in our in our short two and a half years now you come into those times and seasons of you know you're, you're looking to what other people are doing And when you're called to something with a different assignment, it's like, you know, not that you can't glean some wisdom from some of those things, but it is different and it's unique. And so, you know, we look to presence driven churches. I mean, there are other people that are doing the thing that we're sort of after or where our heart is as well. So, you know, we look to those places and those leaders and even the leadership that's in our life. I mean, Bishop Joseph Garlington, um, is really our mine and David's pastor and he's so great. He yeah. And so, you know, just gleaning from friends and other pastors and leaders in our lives who are after the same thing we're after. Yeah. You know, not that anything else is bad. It's like that's their assignment and this is our assignment, you know. Yeah. 
Well, everyone who knows you, knows you all, that is the sweet spot. And that's always been the mantle on you all that you bring the sweet spot. And I was just thinking of a gathering that we were both at. And actually, now that I think about it, Nicole, I think the reason you were there, you were done. I think it was like a last session of a conference, whatever. And it had been amazing. It was really full, but it was the end of this service. And it was like the spirit of God was hovering and it wasn't done, but it as far as, you know, quote unquote planning center, everything was finished. Right. But the leaders of this event had that value for what God wanted to do so big in them that even though we'd been there a while and everything had been done, it was clear that heaven wasn't done in the room. And incredible gifts all around, but there was a weightiness to it. And it was a very personal, sweet thing that you could tell was wanting to happen. In fact, I think I was sitting next to you. And so they just turned and they said, Nicole, would you just come and just do, you know, whatever you've got. And I watched you walk up and massive stage, all the band, the lights, you know, everything. And you went to the front of the stage and you got down on your knees and just began to sing out of your heart. I think it was just like, you know, pads behind you. And you almost like a lullaby sang good, good father over these people. And heaven filled that place. And it was so precious because it was so intimate and personal. No altar call was needed. You didn't need anybody to minister anything because his presence, that was him, like you were saying. It was just right in the face of every person there. And they got to meet with him. I feel like that is what you carry, what you bring. It's what comes out of you when they go, shove the mic in your face. Okay, what is she gonna do? So what is it in you? Because I know you've been in those moments a bazillion times now. What is it that you think this is what I know I got to do? What is it like for you on the other side of that? Oh man, I'm crying over here. You know, I feel like, first of all, I just want to say like, who are we to stand in the way of what God wants to do in a room? Come on. I never want to be the person that is just so stuck to my agenda and the schedule that I miss a moment that I'm so shut off to what he wants to do in the room. Yeah. I really see myself, you know, in those moments. And I would say in general, like a conduit, I feel like the more we can sort of get out of the way and just let him sing through us, play through us, speak through us. Yes. That is what people need. That's what we need. And so in those moments, I'm really just opening the ears of my spirit, the ears of my heart to just sort of feel and sense what I think God's wanting to say and do and, and just really be a conduit, a vessel. Yeah. That's sort of my heart. And I think for a lot of worship leaders, musicians, I think sometimes, you know, and I I feel like it's all good intentions. It's like, we feel like we want to make the moment great. And the quicker that we can learn to just get out of our head and listen with our heart and our spirit ears, you know, we can convey the heart of the father for a moment and for a room. Yes. I love that. And that's what happened in that moment. I mean, the multiplicity of ministry of people getting straight from God that happened in that moment. And I'm not saying this to downplay, you know, one-on-one ministry that happens. Right. But it just seems like you can almost really get conditioned for that. And it seems like if we're doing our job, that 
heaven can just pick it up. It's everything. Yeah, I heard my former pastor, Mike Hayes, say once, we read in the word, like in the book of Revelation, it's there and it's in Old Testament prophets, like the voice of God is like the voice of many waters. And so I think in those moments, it's like, you know, yeah, one-on-one ministry is great from a minister to the people, but what God can speak to a heart, you know, to individuals in those moments when we just allow him to do the work in a room, it's like that voice of many waters, it's speaking to our hearts exactly what we need to hear. And it's something different for every person in the room. We get to help him. Obviously we know he works through the body of Christ in the earth and you know, he knows how to handle those moments and we'll just let him do it. (laughs) It's so true. You know, you and I both have been on both sides of that equation. The moment where you got to do something. And I love what you said that as leaders, sometimes we can feel like we've got to make this the moment in the big moment, but What is more valuable is what he wants to do in the room because we've all been on the other side where we're in that room going, I so desperately need to get from God. Yes. I need it. And I don't need the greatest story. Just put me into that corporate and I know I'll get everything I need. Yep. Absolutely. It just reminds me, I feel like we keep on this podcast coming back to moments like this because we did a series on box breakers. Anyway, just a couple of things worked out and I had on Christian recording artist, Kathy Tricoli. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was great. But anyway, she told this story. It was this huge Christian event, all these headliners, and she's up there and they start one of her big, I think it was her big pop radio hit, and all the sound goes, like drops. Fun moments. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like a big outdoor amphitheater, thousands of people, summer concert, you know, and it's not coming back. And she went to the front of the stage, quieted the crowd, sat down on the edge of the stage and sang over them, Oh, How He Loves You and Me. Oh my goodness. And it was like, you could hear a pin drop. And when the sound came on, there was like a collective, oh, because of what transpired. I mean, that's just the power of what we're talking about. Yes. It just seems to keep coming up. I feel like it's God's heart. Well, and so I have to say this, that song that you just mentioned, Oh, How He Loves You and Me, which I love to know that Kathy Tricoli is a person like that, that would sense, you know, because some people I've seen other artists that, you know, would just march off the stage, you know? Right, right. But that song, Oh, How He Loves You and Me, Listen, Jen, so I've been singing in church since the time I was like five, you know, my mom sang, we were in an assembly of God church. And so my mom discovers that I can like carry a tune by the time I'm like four. Right. And so, you know, so we're in a smaller church and back in those days, it was like, you know, I'd get up and sing on a Sunday night, but I remember I was doing this medley. We had me and the the piano player, which I was just a child. Literally, I was like seven years old. Oh my gosh. And we do this medley of, oh, how I love Jesus. Uh-huh. Then going into, oh, how he loves you and me. And I begin singing. He gave his life. What more could he give? And I'm telling you, it was like, that was the first time I, I began weeping as a child on the, the platform when I'm singing this song because the presence of God, like I tangibly feel 
the love and presence of Jesus. It's so when I look back to, to my journey, yeah, that was like a landmark moment in my life. Yeah. And that's why I'm so passionate too, of like, our kids are never too young to experience the presence of God. Yeah, But that marked me because I felt his presence for myself. So anyway, you mentioned that song and that song is just so special to me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Yeah, just like that end, that tag of that song, just the repeat of, oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. It's like balm to your guts, you know? Yeah. I love that story. That was like a, it marks you for that being that conduit, like you said. And I love that picture that that brings. It's that, you know, we're not the originators. We're just a pipe, a conduit of, of that coming through, but the power of that. Yes, I love that. We're just a pipe. Come on, I'm using that word from now on. We're just a pipe. Yeah. That's so good. Okay, can you tell us, because you mentioned it, and so now we're like, okay, I'm already thinking. Can you tell us anything more about this project you guys are working on? When can we expect to get our hands on this? Tell us a little bit about the Revelations Worship CD. Yeah. Last year, about six months ago, David really just woke up with just feeling in his spirit that our next album was to be called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Whoa. Yeah. And so he began writing a couple trips to Nashville. And then one of our dear songwriter friends, Mitch Wong, who is my God, just talk about what a pipe. I mean, just anyway. So he began writing songs taken from the book of revelation. So we're planning to record it in the summer, like early summer and release it. I'm thinking maybe the fall of 21. Now I'm kind of speaking a little out of turn sure. in the next couple of weeks, going to be having meetings with our record label and it is different. It's a unique project. It's different than anything we've done before. And as he's been writing the songs and as we've been even teaching on the book of revelation, you know, it's like the church, so many people just stay away from the book of revelation because they don't understand it. Right. But it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Even as David was, we were talking last night and sharing, and he's been reading this book called reverse thunder by Eugene Peterson. That's on the book of revelation as well. But like the message he's speaking on Sunday, the last word on Christ. Okay. So we see Jesus through the gospels. We see him. He comes as a baby. He does the, the ministry, the miracles. He dies on the cross He's resurrected, he ascends, but the book of Revelation is when we see him, the conquering king, you know, eyes of fire, mm. hair like wool, feet like brass, a two-edged sword in his mouth. And so that is the picture of Jesus. That's not just when he's coming and when he returns to the earth for the church and to make a new heaven and a new earth, but that is who he is now, like the conquering king. And so we've been so careful as we've been writing these songs, you know, there's a warning in Revelation, right? To not add to or take away. But there is a blessing when we read aloud the words of Revelation. Yeah. And so these songs are really taken directly from the scripture and they are so powerful and prophetic and timely. And the first song that's going to be on the album is called Patmos. And so it's kind of telling the story of John, right? John, the one who wrote the book of Revelation. Yeah. For those who are listening who don't know, you know, was boiled in oil, was persecuted, and then left on this island called Patmos, a prisoner island, you know, as, as a prisoner. And he 
is the one who writes the book of Revelation, has these visions and writes them down in, in letters to the churches that he pastored and oversaw. Yeah. I'm very passionate about this. Can you tell? I love it. So the song Patmos, it's retelling the story of John, but then it's also like speaking to all of us or people across the earth, you know, who are on their own island of Patmos whatever that is, whatever that tribulation is, whatever the desperation is, the loneliness, the isolation, the key line of wow. the song is there is beauty on the island of Patmos. And so what was meant for John's destruction, this island of Patmos became a place of encounter. Whoa. So that's kind of that's the direction of the record. I love that. So there's a few more songs to be written and we're, we're going to have some different guest artists on with us. It's going to look a little different than anything we've done before, but we're still figuring out all those details. I mean, I know this is what you do, but it kind of also sounds like dreaming a new dream or, or doing something in a new way, this project. But I love what you just said there about something that was meant to be a place of destruction becoming a place of encounter. And that's the heart of God. This is going to be so powerful. What you said about we can run into hiding or we can run to Jesus. You know, it's like, where do we go? To refuge, yeah. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, I mean, the prophetic timing of this, because I think if you were to sum up 2020 and even coming into 2021, even though we're watching the faithfulness of God, there has been so much that just has felt chaotic or felt volatile. And yet, if you settle into it, I've been using this word. I had to look it up. One of those, God speaks a word to you and you're like, let me find a dictionary. What and does I'll, that mean? Yeah, but there's these moments like that looks like it's destruction. And the word that kept coming to me was the word impetus. And an impetus is something that is a force that causes something to happen or to happen more quickly. Come on. And it's like, if you'll let it, like you're saying, if you'll let this become a place of encounter, it'll cause things to happen or happen more quickly. Otherwise, you're just going to get caught up in this undertow of what the enemy, you know, is trying to do. But yes. this is fabulous. Yes. It's just like in, I think it's in the first chapter of Revelation, you know, where John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, but Jesus says to him, come up here and I will show you things. Ugh. And so that's the invitation. That's the beauty. It's like, we see revelation and we see the judgment or we see the letters to the churches and, and sort of the discipline or the judgment of God. But it's like, it's all an invitation to repentance and encounter to adjust our course, right? There's always the invitation. Yeah, I love that. And repentance, real heart work change, not behavior modification. Right. But real just in the core of who we are, which is what encounter does. Encounter isn't like, you need to act this way and act that way. Right. Correction is so loving. And it's like, as you look at the letters to the church, it's like, you know, you got, you've gotten off course here. Like you've done this so well. Yeah. Return to your first love. And yeah, it's an invitation. It's so good. Nicole, I love you and I like you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Same, Jen. Same. Thank you so much, not just for doing this today, but just for contending to walk in genuineness when it's not always been easy to do. And because you have, that's what you are known for bringing when you step up 
to be the pipe. And anybody who knows you all, has listened, those that are a part of Dwell Church, but far and wide, the gift that that has been to all of us. There's just such a genuine flow of the goodness of God that comes through everything you do. And I just thank you so much. It's been an honor to have this conversation with you today. Jen, thank you so much. I have loved it. And I'm just glad to be a pipe. Glad to be a pipe. Glad to be a pipe. For Jesus. A pipe for Jesus. Well, as soon as this is over, I'm going to log into my Instagram and change my bio to pipe for Jesus. (laughs) That's it. Oh. Well, thank you again so much. And everybody that's listening, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today. I just believe that there is a reason why you turned on this podcast conversation today. And my prayer is that this spoke to your heart, that God took some things and became that voice of many waters like Nicole was talking about and just maybe peel back some layers and put a piece where there's been a panic and maybe just gave you a deep breath for the road ahead. I pray that there are new dreams that you're going to be dreaming and I pray that maybe where there's been a panic and a fear, we just speak peace to you to hear clear, to see clear, and to step into everything that God has prepared for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Nicole, thanks again for being on the podcast today. You're welcome. I love you, friend. I love you too. Everybody, have a great week. We'll see you back here next time.